right, so I'm here with Dara, White, and Craig, and we we're gonna, we got together because the idea we we're talking about, we we're kind of gonna focus around beauty and um, the emphasis on beauty. If there is, if there's that going on in society right now, if there's a need for something like that to happen. Um, the question came up when it was a recent conversation me and Craig were in, and um, we had mentioned it seems like we're coming out culturally of a, where we had previously focused on something like, I, I don't know if it was truth, because there's usually these three values that are named like goodness, beauty, and truth, and that are at least named in, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's Catholic circles, I'm not sure, because I'm not, maybe Eastern Orthodox as well. Um, right. And it seemed like there was this pursuit of, like with scientific discoveries, almost like a pursuit of truth. And now it seems like we're kind of shifting into something else where it might be. And I've noticed people have mentioning beauty a lot more. And I didn't know if, and we, none of us maybe have all the knowledge on this, but I didn't know if there was some sort of maybe astrological significance to that as well. If there's like a reason for that, um, if that's a good thing, I don't know. So there's all these questions. I thought we could maybe dig into this topic. See what you guys think. Anybody have any thoughts? <laughs> it's a really interesting question, you know, um, and I think it's tied in with a lot of things, like a lot of other things, you know. Um, why is something beautiful? Like, why do we have uh, an emotional or physical reaction to an object, a place, you know, a thing? You know that it presents in a certain way that is somehow so pleasing to look at that we have a physical reaction to it you know i've been thinking about this um since um we've been chatting about it jason and and um thinking about you know what do i find beautiful um and I was also kind of like, what do I find beautiful that doesn't have kind of weird secondary connotations to it, you know, like, um, and then I kind of started to think about, well, thinking about landscape, you know, beautiful landscapes or, you know, animals that I find just beautiful to, to look at and, you know, and I kind of realized that, but for me anyway, I think beauty is fundamentally attached to meaning does something have meaning or not you know um and i think that's i think that's quite important you know because going back to your kind of opening um positioning of this of why are we kind of moving back into this uh space where we feel we're we're, we're questioning the absence of beauty going why is that is that a good thing or a bad thing well you know it's you know it's presenting itself more um i think it's more to do with the the absence of meaning in that we've explored um materialism um i you know i would say to some degree we've gone as far as we can with it but you know, maybe there is there are new depths that can be plunged. You know, with, that can be reached in it. But I, I think that's what it is. I think, you know, I think it's it's attached to meaning. You can buy a beautiful object. You know, I'm a sucker for for, you know, for for kind of you know those first edition 
pretty hardback books. I'm like, that's, I'm like, just take my money. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's an object. It's a pretty object. And I love it, you know, but why do I like it? You know, it's a collection of pieces of leather. It's a collection, a collection of, you know, words on a page. Why, why does it have, why do I think of it as beautiful? Because it has some sort of meaning for me, you know, um, I don't know. That's that, that were kind of my initial thoughts on it. I think looking at nature is important when we talk about beauty. You know, um, otherwise we kind of end up in these kind of conversations about European cathedrals. You know, and that gets attached to ideas like, well, the state or church demonstrating its power by showing something beautiful that makes people relate them to that kind of sense of godliness and meaning. So I thought we'd circumnavigate yeah. that and talk about nature. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I love that. I love talking about nature. We were um, in our last discussion too, uh, we have a mutual friend, Luke Johnston, and he mentions that where um, he's a Christian, but right now I think he said he's not technically, he's not going yeah. to church, uh, but he says he finds when he feels closest to God is actually in his garden. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's, that's the green chapel. Like when I feel closest to God is when there's this yeah. tree tree farm I go to and I'll walk and I'll pray and things like that. And there's just yeah. moments where uh, it feels like, yeah, there's just these holy moments where you're like, man, this is, this is, but then sometimes I'm like, you know, I, I wonder if that's, if that is a personal thing, because I find most beauty in nature. And I know there are other people who um, like we have a friend, Alex, me and Craig, no, our friend, and I remember driving. It was on our way to go to Craig's bachelor party, and we were coming up to was where was it? Houston. It was some city in Texas, and Alex just loved the skyscrapers and loved these buildings. And I was sitting there like, "What? Like really?" But I don't know. So like, I kind of wonder if that's a thing too. If other people just find beauty in in different things, or oh yeah, I mean they totally yeah. do. You know, totally do. Like um, I mean like like. Sometimes, you know, when, when I'm uh, like in, in, in London, like the skyline's amazing. You know, mm. they got all the kind of modern skyscrapers, you know, against all the kind of, you know, in yeah. the imperial buildings and what have you. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing to see. It's a spectacle. But then again, we get into the position where you're like, you're going, but is that magnificence mm. rather than beauty? Or are the lines blurred? You know, ah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because me, I always like the ancient ruins. You know, I'm like when oh, the, yeah. I, the the buildings look look beautiful to me once the the trees yeah. are creeping back up the cobblestones and stuff. <laughs> and I'm but I'm like I don't know if that's just my personal bias. But, yeah, yeah I mean, well, it, it's that wonderful thing about London is that like you can look at the skyline and you can just see. You know, literally a, a thousand years of, of buildings. Yeah. And go go down to the Thames foreshore and, you know, people pulling out Roman era stuff and like pre-Roman Celtic stuff out of the Thames foreshore, you know, where it's amazing. I like, I yeah. love that you attach meaning to it as well, though, because I think that's mm. extremely important and very mm. insightful. Mm. Mm. You know, one thing I'm curious about is taking a survey of everybody in the room to see 
how we approach these things differently or model them differently. And I, I don't know that we're going to crack the riddle here on this call, but I'm just curious to see mm -hmm. maybe how you'd respond to a question. These three, I've heard people call them the three normativities or the three transcendentals. I'm not sure what you guys call them, but beauty, goodness, truth. Do you imagine that these things are something that are, let's say that their existence is completely subjective. It's something that is only in the mind, so to speak. And, or I've heard other people who will say, no, they're objective. They're kind of, they're out there independently of us. You know, even if there was no one to perceive them, they mm. would be there. And I've heard uh, another category who will say, no, there's something, uh, let's say, that, they'll use the words transjective. It's, mm. they actually aren't in the world and they aren't in you. They're actually only in this between thing, this collision between you and, and the world. And so it's as if like, if they wouldn't actually be there in the world if you weren't there and it wouldn't be in you if the world wasn't there. So uh, maybe that's a silly question. Let me know. I'm curious how you, how you would answer that or if you think that's an inappropriate framing. Well, I don't know if it's an inappropriate framing. You know, I, I think it's, uh, uh, it's a really interesting question. It's a big question. Um, Like you get into kind of really deep, in deep philosophical waters there, you know, philosophical waters with that. Because I mean, because I think about things like you know what 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 does goodness mean, you know? Because I don't think that's an innate feature. Like it's not, it's not something that is kind of roundly defined. It like it doesn't doesn't come inherently baked in as a definition of what does goodness mean. You know, we have obviously kind of we got like the 10 commandments as a list of which inherently like are like don't do these things right the, this is a list of stuff you should not do right and that's had a, a level of cultural influence that is you know just just immense an immense level of cultural influence it's the foundation of most western thinking right um but it comes from this small area of of the middle east that particular concept uh those concepts that came out of um out of christianity and there's similar concepts in islam and judaism but is that subject to that area does does that what is that does that mean goodness the world over you know i don't think it does you know um like and it's very hard to break your head out of that because, you know, I innately associate like goodness with very similar adherence to the Ten Commandments. It's very hard not to, you know, and, and um, you know, but like, for example, the thief that steals is not a good person to the person he's robbing from. But to his family, or maybe to who he's providing for, assuming he or she is providing for somebody, he is seen as good. So he's taking an immense risk. He's putting his own freedom potentially on the line to provide for his family. And that's one way of looking at it. 
another one of working way of looking at it is made some terrible life choices to put him himself and his family in that position that he would then do something like that you know so it, it does seem to come down all the way to just pure subjectivity you know it's very hard I agree with that say how do you how do you decide what is good based on every person's degree as well what they think would be good and what they're willing to sacrifice of themselves in order to be good is on a scale too right so I might be looked at as too good if I give too much to those in need right and so then that does that goodness then become a weakness because giving too much and keeping it in you know and then does that take away too much from my family you know so it's all it's a scale and perspective and it really it probably can only be quantified by the the person experiencing it that moment Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a really good point at at that point i start to think of well, well is goodness defined by ourselves and our own conscious you know um like oh it's such a mind bender this is and it really is <laughs> you know because like if you're if your conscious is telling you right that was bad you shouldn't have done that you know you can't you can't rest with it you're haunted by something but equally how much is that down to social conditioning of you thinking something is good or bad like it's it's very different you look around the world what's acceptable or you know what what does society (laughs) (laughs) you know what does society shrug its shoulders at varies wildly you know um Mm. it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before you arrived how she turned to uh, a negative feminine. You're a little bit hard to hear away, sorry. Oh, sorry. So we were talking about Lilith and how she's been kind of turned into that that demonized feminine figure. Um, And, but, you know, based on whose interpretation, right? Because she chose sovereignty, she's evil. Um, Yeah. You know, whose interpretation is that? Right, and that mm-hmm. that's been constructed and defined yeah. by the society that wants her to be that way. So it's kind of that same interpretation: is she mm-hmm. evil because she has sovereignty, or mm-hmm. is sovereignty itself evil? Yeah. And then, does knowing yourself does that quantitate some mm-hmm. sort of you know? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's very challenging, you know, and. And I think when I reflect on these kinds of questions, it is very, it's very, it's very easy to get then to that minefield, right? Where you're like, well, I can't tell whether I'm coming or going, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? We end up in these scenarios where you, you're just in a bind, mm-hmm. you know, but equally, you know, 
if you do something horrendous to somebody, you should be able to figure out that's pretty, you know, it's a, that's a shitty thing to do. And I'm not going to scratch your chin philosophizing about it, you know, <laughs> like, like, um, it's, it's, but it's, it's still difficult. But I think, that, I think this, it's, it's separating those two, isn't it? Like, of like, there's the philosophy and then there's the human experience. But we need one to interpret the other and, and kind of pull the, the threads and see where we get to. But I think the, the, the big thing for me when we talk about the again beauty is the way it makes me feel. If I experience something beautiful, that I feel it, you know, that I, I'm not analyzing it and then making a response. I'm having a pre, you know, a precognitive response it's a pre-verbal response to something and i think that's quite significant where i'm not sure i'd have the same with with truth mm. you know truth and beauty aren't the same yeah they can share the same space but they aren't mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting i I have a question, maybe kind of going off. I feel like Craig, you always just you elevate it to this level, where it's like got me thinking way out here now. Um, there's a, I'd be interested in asking you guys this: there, is there a point with all of those goodness, truth, and beauty where they? Gosh, I don't necessarily want to say become tyrannical, but um, there's, like, a, when I think of beauty, a lot of times I think sometimes I'll think of Snow White, the movie, just the Disney movie, you know, and it's like. Mm-hmm. There's this, uh, the one, the one, the wicked queen or whatever, the, you know, the evil lady in it has this obsession with beauty where um, she's going to kill the, there's this other figure that's more beautiful than her and she wants more beauty. So I don't know if there's this way where an overemphasis on beautiful could be, um, could become evil in a way i don't i don't really know the right way of getting at and that's why i wonder that's why i feel like it's important that you corrected it to meaning because there's this way where it's like i don't necessarily get to determine what's beautiful like well i I think i think bringing up um a fairy tale is a really really good way to to look at it you know um there's so much to this this it's such rich territory for exploring the human experience and and you know pondering these big questions like so we've got the the evil stepmother and uh or is it, is it the evil queen um, yeah and and then you've got snow white right so you kind of like we think about the meaning what what is the queen doing <laughs> she she's looking at her own reflection in a mirror asking who's the most beautiful mm-hmm. right like she's 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 the definition of like skin deep because she she can't see any other value past her own physical appearance you think about everything she has you know she's a wealthy woman she's the queen but if her reflection doesn't give her what she wants which is you know her own clearly her her sense of self is totally wrapped up in her appearance and her being kind of the the apex 
or of feminine beauty in the, in in the kingdom, right? So she's clearly a deeply fragile person, but also very powerful, um, and is immensely threatened by mm-hmm. by Snow White. And Snow White, we've obviously got her, her her name is telling you more about her beauty. She's Snow White. She's 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 innocent. She's virginal. It's it's like there's a purity to her, not just in a sexual sense, but in her, you know, her perception of the world. Like everything is is she's giving off this kind of like this almost childlike loveliness, you know, or that kind of innocence. Mm-hmm. And it's basically counterweighing the two. What's of more value to 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 somebody? What do they find more beautiful? You've got wealthy, powerful queen, you know, uh, who is beautiful, but she's innately corrupt. Versus the 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 the, the youthful beauty, but his in, innately pure. And the mirror tells her the truth. The mirror's reflecting to her, telling her the truth. You know, that doesn't go well. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there's a huge amount to that. I mean, I absolutely love um, the, the the you know trying to unpack those fairy tales. What's happening? What's going on? Because you get these massive mysteries in there. You have these huge, huge symbolic tales, and they're 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 archetypes for a reason. You know, um, they're telling us an awful lot about our nature and about the nature of reality. So, yeah, I, I think that's a really, really good way of looking at it. Okay. You also have to look at too. She's she's the older woman, right? Become mm-hmm. obsessed with beauty. Yeah. She can't see the beauty and growing old or become wise. Yeah. She's only preoccupied the surface and the purity of the younger female that's coming in to ultimately replace her. Yeah. And so then do we say that that preoccupation of her mind on solely on the aspect of beauty, that becomes something negative as opposed to experiencing something positive. Yeah, I I think so. I think that's exactly it. You know, and this is where we're thinking about where the beauty has no meaning. You know, for her, it, it's no, it's, it's, well, that's not necessarily the right way of phrasing it, but her beauty gives her a sense of meaning, the queen that is. And when she feels that it's waning and mm-hmm. there is, is somebody more beautiful than her, she reacts in a way that is completely murderous. You know, and you bear, bear in mind, like the reaction is, so psychotic that like it's like she sets out to poison and murder her husband's daughter because she's jealous of her beauty like yeah that's that's a pretty psychotic thing to do you know that that's that's next level crazy you know um but but why you know and it's entirely wrapped up the fact that her identity, everything about her, irrespective of all her achievements, bearing in mind she's the queen, she's a wealthy woman, she's a powerful woman, her whole sense of being, of meaning, is wrapped up in her physical appearance. Mm-hmm. 
There's nothing else before. And that's where we get to the whole thing where beauty's only skin deep. But then but then is she in that position because that's the that's the way society is her only value is her beauty, right? Because that was what was constructed to her in terms of what is expected. So you know, let's say she just took it to the extreme, right? Her reaction was was that's a good question. Yeah. How I mean, much I... of that reaction would she have had if society had treated beauty differently? Well, that's what I, I think this ties in. I was something I was going to try to tie in. I don't know because when you're talking about the fairy tale, if I, if you zoom out and apply it, you know, more on a, a macro scale or something, it seems like there's this level of seems like what you guys are also getting at is there's this this level of humility that has to go along with it, and so. Um, what is like beauty, beauty can fade or it has the capability. Mm -hmm. Like you said, she's the older one. And so what she, what she deems is beautiful or what has been told to her that is beautiful could change or it could be this or that. And so it's kind of, I don't know, I guess that's why I like that you brought up that it's associated with be meaning because like I could walk outside and see a, a bird's nest with some dead birds in it. And for some reason I could find that beautiful. And other yeah. people might think that's horrifying or something, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. because there's some there I'm finding meaning in it or something. Mm -hmm. So I'm I feel like there's this maybe this level of humility where uh it takes it takes a humility to try to almost see the beauty in everything or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I I think it's worth examining other stories, you know, where we got similar things. Cause I think you know, look look at the, the like the myth of, of narcissists. You know, falls in love with his own reflection. Like, and he, he just stays there, right? Looking at his own reflection. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it tells us a lot as well. You know, like, if you get hung up on certain things, then you miss the rest of your life as well. You know, so it's like, but again, that's what has meaning. That's what has meaning to him is his own beauty. Yeah, that goes back to the, the immortal concerns are more important than mortal. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I think if you recognize that, then you inherently can take that step back and start to go, oh, maybe I'm too preoccupied on myself. Yeah. But then that that that's some sort of wisdom that you you know gain somewhere. So mm -hmm. and if you're so focused on your beauty and yourself that you can't step back and recognize that that's what you're doing, then I guess that's where beauty can be bad or, or yeah. do alluring, maybe. I mean, it's it's so challenging, though. Like, it, like it's, I mean, we're bouncing about the place here a bit, but like, <laughs> it, I mean, it's my fault mainly, but, you know, um, it, it, it's one of those things that, like, we all strive to some degree you know, um, to, to, I mean, I've already kind of, I make kind of annual, right, this is what I'm going to do this year, this is my goal, you know, and like, I've given myself, I tend to give myself things that I think I can't do or are going to be really hard to do, you know, and what I've really realized are the only things that I can't really do are ones that require, uh, 
discipline around exercise. They're the only things that I can't consistently do. I can write books. I can read vast amounts of information. I can do all kinds of stuff, you know, but the the ones that I can't consistently do are like, can you, you know, build up a, a consistent, you know, uh, like habit of, of going to the gym or doing whatever it is to get yourself in, in, you know, a physical space that you, you want to be in, you know? And um no, can't do it. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 one of those ones where like I I've just boiled down all my goals right, right, right. sod everything else, right? We're just done we're just doing this. That's all we're doing now next year. Nothing else. And um it's like you look you look at that and it's like, well, that's your drive, right? People think about this stuff all the time. It's very hard. It's, it's it's very hard to kind of unpack, you know, why. It's like, well, it means something. It means something to me. You know, what was the original question again? Craig, Craig. Yeah, we've drifted off here. Yeah, Craig, you, you, you threw, in this, threw in this hand grenade and then just walked off. <laughs> ob objective subjective transjective question here uh yeah you know well i can i can say what's coming to mind during the discussion you know as we talk about these fairy tales it's bizarre that we tell fairy tales uh, and the the snow white story you know we talked about how perhaps beauty was important but it's less important let's say than another value or a different value like values of you know maturity or graciousness let's say but it, like all the stories have this structure where they say this is good but here's when it fails when it's mm -hmm. you know but it's not it's not as important as this and it's 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 as if we're kind of adjusting this mm -hmm. leaderboard of of our values mm -hmm. you know trying to yeah. and you know and it, it, if we have a story where it, it the, the leaderboard, let's say, or the, the, the values, the structure suggested by the story doesn't match mm -hmm. our own feelings. We say that's a it's a shitty story. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and uh, that, you know, it, I, I, well, I'll stop there. What do you well, no, I, I think that's uh, that's a really interesting reflection that's making me think about what and it's something as well you, you said way is, is that one of the problems with Snow White is um, the queen doesn't see the value she has at that stage of her life. She's still maintaining and attaching value to a different stage of 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 a person's life. You know, you look at our society; we tend to do that a lot as well. You know, we we almost attach all beauty and all value to youth. You know, and we don't think about. The later stages of value and you uh, like like for, um from like, like a a pagan perspective like a, the goddess tends to be triptic where she's she's a virgin she's the mother she's the crone it's the same goddess but she presents in three different ways they all have three different strengths three different weaknesses in different areas that they are have dominion over but they represent the different stages of our lives you know um and we don't really do that we don't really think about 
what's the value of our seniors? You know, like um, we tend to really just think about the generational differences rather than kind of, okay, well, what, what can older people offer? you know uh in terms of their their wisdom and the stage they're at in life um it's always this kind of like fetishization of of youth you know yeah and as yeah. a as a middle-aged man i'm i'm frankly i've had enough of it <laughs> yeah well it's, in it's interesting you bring that up too I, right before we got on this call i'm talking to my grandmother because she just came in yeah. last night she told me she said you know every day i look in the mirror and i'm like i look older than and she was like well that makes sense because i've never been this old before but she was saying how um that if there was one thing she could should she could get rid of it was her wrinkles and i was like don't say that like i don't know i love wrinkles like i think they're amazing and they just have there's so much beauty in them because there is so much meaning as well um mm -hmm. but um but yeah there is this weird and I think the re some of the reason she might feel that way too is because like Wei was saying, there's this kind of like emphasis or pressure put on it where wrinkles are not perceived as beautiful Yeah. Uh, in a broader scale of, throughout culture, but um, they're extremely gosh, like, I mean, they, they, they're, they're related to wisdom as well. They're related to just all this, all this stuff. And I love that yeah. you brought up the, the goddess too. That's one thing that's definitely lost. Um, I mean, for sure, in Christianity, because we don't really have that. But I love the, the what is it, the maiden, maiden mother, crone, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the three stages, that's mm -hmm. and there's yeah. beauty in all three of them. In all three absolutely. Of them. Yeah. You know, absolutely. You know, it, it's, it. You know, I'm 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 the father of two boys. Um, I I was lucky enough to be raised, um, but by, by. By my mother and my father, but I, I understand the. I understand now as a dad and a partner, you know, I look upon what my what my partner does as a mum, like w with real reverence, you know, not just as being a son where I, I, I I've been lucky enough to be you know cherished by somebody above all else you know uh, and that mother's love which I, I i honestly don't think i'm i i i'm hesitant to think of anything more powerful you know more absolute not obviously not universally but you know i'm, I'm but and then seeing it with my own children and this is the stage of life thing where you where you, where you change you know so i've and even kind of talking about my own relationship with my partner she moved from being you know that woman that i found beautiful that i was attracted to in that stage of being kind of you know the the maiden right and then becomes a mother and you see this new well of, of 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 strength, of ferocity, you know, to protect her children and pr push them forward. It's it's an amazing thing, you know. And and but again, when we think about beauty, it's wrapped up. We get stuck in the kind of 
female late adolescence or early 20s. We, we miss all this other stuff. So it's, yeah, we have, this This is the problem with thinking thinking about physical beauty. You know, um, we miss an awful lot of other things. And I think it really goes back to what you were saying way about like, perhaps that the queen didn't have that transition or felt she lost, you know, a lot as she got older. I'll speak to, I, I just had a picture taken of myself and it work a bit and my hair was so gray and, you know, like I had one of these moments where I went and I chopped my hair off and put mm. more, put, put hair dye it because even though I am in the, this phase, I am transitioning my body's at this point where I know I'm in this final transition from the mother and I found myself, I just want to be at the crone stage already. I don't want to, I don't want to feel <laughs> this transition. I don't yeah. want to watch yeah. everything fade away and change yeah. in front of me. And, mm. you know, so the, the ego side was very much up and, and running, running the topping of the hair. And all that stuff. But at the same time, I could step back and go, these are the last moments where I get to kind of maybe pull back yeah. some of that that maiden energy just a mm. few more times before I can't, you know, and I'm just the mm. old lady with the nose ring in and, and you know, <laughs> pink hair. So, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I feel exactly kind of what she was going to, but I didn't let it possess me to, to stand. Right. Yeah. That's the rhythm. And, and I let it, I, and I still was able to take a look back and see the crone is coming and go well this is not so much fun but it's it's not so bad but you know um, and i think that's where that's where it comes into our internal struggle right the only person who was going to bring that balance into how i was reacting is me mm -hmm. and i and i recognized the need your ego and then took a step back like well you know i get it i'm mm -hmm. getting old hair is silver except these aspects you know mm -hmm. and then ronan saw me with a little makeup on and was like you're pretty and and it was like that's that's what i needed to hear that my son thinks i'm pretty yeah. you know not that i fit into some some standard of beauty mm -hmm. that that society wanted me to be in you know mm -hmm. he doesn't care that my hair is but i, mm -hmm. you know, I still have that knee jerk like, oh my yeah. god look at me so. <laughs> yeah it's our roles change don't they you know i i have a similar experience and i joke about this um a lot where i kind of in a, in a, in a job i was in uh, a couple of years ago um and it, it was there was lots of young women working in the same in the same company and i was around christmas time and they were all kind of oh we, we should do kind of like a, a like you know christmas party and kind of get everyone together and then then thought it was a great idea they're like oh yeah we we could get dara dressed up as santa claus right <laughs> you know and they all thought this was 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 you know great idea i didn't perceive it like that at all because what i perceived it as this is the nail in the coffin for me as <laughs> being attractive to young women right that's, i know that's over that's because they see me as santa claus has been explicitly told that's exactly what's happened there 
you know so i'm like i am not dressing fucking santa claus all right <laughs> excuse my language way you, got there. Uh, no, you know um you know because that's how i read it uh and um it was one of those things that it's a it's a bitter pill to swallow but it's kind of just part of life and also you know it, it, it's my role has changed you know i'm 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 a dad i've i've a family to look after you know that's that's my purpose like it's just if you get the a shift in in what you do like a different stage and i don't what what's the equivalent of the maiden mother crone <laughs> In the, in the male, I don't know what the male one is really. Saved yeah. is the last the stage. Dad. Yes. <laughs> the boy the dad. The you know. Poor dead Santa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, um, but but uh, yeah, that's that shift in it. Like you know, it stings, but it, it's like you were saying, way it's, it's it's your reaction to it. Yeah, you let it. You let it consume you, or you don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, a good 24 hours wallowing. I didn't let it take out the rest of my holiday season. Yeah. I remember telling my brother and him just dying laughing. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> like, that brings me to the, somebody posted some sexy Santa. So now I'll have, he's definitely over 50. So... I'll have to find it <laughs> to, to make you feel better. Thank you. That's very, very kind of you. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have That's another really... question? No, I was, well, I was just thinking that was really interesting. You're talking about the tran- the transitional s- stage when like the the petals kind of falling off the flower before the next one comes or something, you know, that's, that is hard to go through to, uh, or you said, why can't I just be the crone already, you know, or when you're kind of having to, yeah, be in that, that weird space. It's almost like another, another form of puberty or something, right? Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a decline. It's a decline basically, uh-huh. you know, like, um, like here, there's this whole thing, like when you're 40, uh, you go in, for a checkup, you know, um, and like the language changes, you know, that it's kind of like, yeah, that kind of just happens now. Yeah. You know, it's not so much, right. This is what you do to, you know, get back, um, spring back. Like, no, no, that, that, that's, yeah. um, you gotta get used to that. Now. <laughs> well, when I, <laughs> when I was there. pregnant with him, I was in, you know, 30, 36. So, I, I was labeled a geriatric pregnancy. No. You know what it feels like really? to be called geriatric in your 30s? I mean, like, but that's, that's the term insane. for older pregnancies is, is geriatric pregnancy. Wow. Right? That's bonkers. That's, that's one way to make that a girl was, feel really good. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. That, that's, that's what a crazy yeah. term. Uh. Yeah, they need yeah. a different. They need awesome. a different piece of terminology. Somebody kinder needs to re redefine an, <laughs> an older woman. Hmm. Yeah, we should come up with a term. Craig, you got one? Did you been there so quiet? Drop. Give us a term. I, I, 
I don't want any blood on my hands here. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. You won't make anybody happy. I have another question. <laughs> I don't know about if what you guys might think about this. So the um, it seems like even with the uh, times just seems to be moving faster now too. Like you're talking about, you go and and all the the languages change. Like things are just changing even mm. faster. Do you think that could be a um, like a weird blessing in disguise? Where, because I mean I've. I mentioned this the other day, even with terms of like the way people dress, uh, different fashion styles, it seems like mm -hmm. maybe, and maybe just because of the internet, it seems like, especially people younger than me, like they could look like they're from the eighties one day, and then the next day they're dressed like they're from the forties or something. And it's like, everything's kind of flooding back in, but it's weirdly all appreciated and all like all kind of, um, so I didn't even know if there was a way, even with with age, like the way time is moving so fast that people are able to appreciate it more, um, see it more clearly because of the way information has kind of opened up too, to where people can see the, the beauty in things they couldn't before because they get to see it from all different angles or if it's more of it, because sometimes it feels terrifying, but then other times I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of beautiful getting to see all these things kind of come together and it's weird. Now I'll drop the grenade and back away. I'm just... I, I, I don't know. I, like, um, like, I don't really know any young people, you know, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I, speaking frankly, you know, like, yeah. uh, I'm, and I live in quite a rural area, so I think the fashionable young people try and leave as quickly as possible. You know, um, as <laughs> until they get to the next stage of life and realize this is a lovely place to live, you know. Um, but I mean, but the, the time speeding up thing, is, I've definitely experienced that. It just seems to be hurtling along, you mm. know. Um, but you know, I mean, talking about kind of like ideas around beauty and what you appreciate. I mean, certainly I appreciate simpler things yeah. as I've gotten older, you know, I, I, I appreciate a lot. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, you get a bit older, you've had a few kickings, right? You know, you, you life dishes it out. You well, know? like so you, you, you've had a few kicks in the in the teeth, you know, um, so you see things in a different way when you, when you get through that kind of stuff. You know, what's your expectation of success? Expectation of happiness. My, my version of success is vastly different now to what it was, say, 10 years ago. Uh, it's worlds apart from what it was 20 years ago. You know, um, like the idea of, look, we, you know, again, we, and it comes back to kind of the ideas of beauty and youth. We, we live in a society that fetishizes, you know, a certain age bracket, what it represents, you know, like on very high standards of, of, of physical beauty. No, I mean, that's changed somewhat. I, th I, I personally think on a, on a performative level, you know, I think it's changed somewhat, but we still fetishize, you know, absolute beauty. So young people grow up and they go, well, I want that. That's what I want. I want to be admired and loved 
and adored and everybody think I'm amazing and beautiful and magnificent you know um and yet <laughs> you hear people give their accounts who have on a surface level experienced all those things and they're generally living lives of, of quiet desperation you know uh it's 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 very that's a very performative thing you know it seems to be you know in a deeper level a very challenging very difficult existence you've got lovely baubles and 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 um you know you might have a kind of a financial strength or you get to have an interesting life traveling the world all that kind of stuff but does it have meaning does it have depth yeah you know and i i worked in 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 like the advertising industry for a long time and it doesn't have any meaning lots of money floating around mm-hmm. you know like people say there's no such thing as a free lunch i worked in advertising it's loads of free lunches <laughs> 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 but like they you know they they, they don't doesn't have meaning like I, and you can see that free lunch cost your soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of exposure too, right? Right now with technology that never existed even. I'll, I'll, I'll separate Dara and I as the older two in the room, right? They weren't there when we were growing up, right? Mm. So we tended to, I think, clump into our safety zones and our friend groups a little bit didn't have the variety of, of uh, <gasps> options that these kids do. So they can go, I want today, I want to look like I'm in the 40s. And tomorrow I'm going to be the gothic vampire. And the day after that, I'm going to be, you know, um, some kid from the streets that really loves whatever, right? Like they have those options that, and it there's no restrictions in changing their masks as they see fit whereas we were i think our generation at least felt like well you're a skater you're this you're that you fit into this group we don't cross over we don't blend we don't share concepts and ideas like we retain our identity through our appearance and now i think we're finding appearance and identity is more fluid than is that good? Probably. Is it bad? Probably in some ways too. I, mean, I suspect we're probably losing some some things. We're also maybe gaining more flexibility in how we look at ourselves, or at least these next generations of kids on how they look at themselves. Maybe they won't experience as much. If, if maybe if we can all age gracefully and show them a good prone period, then maybe when they hit that phase, they won't. They won't suffer the way we did, right? That's what the ancestors were. We're laying the pathwork for how they are supposed to perceive themselves in the future. So it's up to us to stop being a thing? Question mark. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Got it. Oh, you got a question, Craig? I thought you had a question. He just changing his headphones, I guess. So you had mentioned earlier on, you mentioned uh, nature as well and really finding beauty in nature. Um, 
a shift back in that in society or or is that or do you think that might just be a personal thing as well i feel like i've kind of witnessed a movement towards those things but i don't know um i don't, I, I honestly don't know you know yeah. I, I don't know if it's a, it's a societal thing yeah like uh, i mean i think i think the problem of meaning is big yeah you know i think i think a lot of people feel hollowed out by modernity mm. you know um that goes back to that kind of thing of like you know do i want to be a famous person who has wealth and glamour and all those kind of things and then yeah most likely like people find out it's got no meaning it's hollow it's empty it's vacuous yeah you know like um i mean and, and i you know and, and, and i say that in, in a way they're going like you know i'm not saying that money doesn't make things easier it clearly does you know like but it's we you know we're not talking about that we're talking about meaning you know mm. um um and you know i, I don't think it does uh, one of the things when we talk about these platforms that you know that, that like the different social media platforms and stuff like they worry me when i think about meaning um principally because i i look at them when i go well how much do these platforms create the environment where we start to value things like our personal validation as human beings is dependent on stranger hitting like on something i do you know that that to me is very troublesome because it externalizes all you know it externalizes and randomizes your validation as a human being really through the lens of of an algorithm that doesn't have your interests at heart the algorithm doesn't care whether you feel validated as a human being, whether you're good, whether you're, 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 you know, whether you're good, whether you're truthful, you know, or what your view of beauty is, it doesn't care. It wants your engagement, it wants your focus, and it'll feed whatever it needs to feed you to get you to do that. That's the tool, it's what it's designed to do. It's just doing what it's designed to do, you know, but if you, are somebody who finds your validation through interacting through that platform. I don't think it's going to end well. No, and that maybe, you know, I feel bad. That could be the the the, the what that cumulative you know cumulative effect is, or maybe something more, you know, challenging. But I think that's a very hard thing to grow up with. And, you know, it's something that. Uh, as a as a middle aged man, I'm you know, I've only been really around that stuff for twelve fifteen years or however long it is, you know. But like, to me, if if I was a teenager experiencing this world now, and exactly as Wade described, we've got you know really cliques that have really regimented rules. Like when you're a teenager, it's about fitting in. Right, it's a, not about your differentiation. It's about how you are part of a gang of some description, part of a clan, part of a group. You know, when you get a bit older and more comfortable with yourself, then it's you know you kind of want to express yourself as an individual. 
you know um and like social media is a hell of a crucible for that to to happen in i don't envy these this, this generation yeah I, I don't know if we've kind of strayed off topic in terms of usually we've gone in a number of different directions. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's it's probably my fault. I, I do. I think it is lot. your fault, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is your fault. I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, let's just hit record and see where this goes. I've got a question. See what happens. I don't know if it's going to help our problem. But <laughs> the question I'll pose is uh, to, to Wei and Dara, you've both. Uh, Let's, it seems like you've had a kind of, let's call it a, a magical baptism in a way that has set you through a transition that I haven't experienced. I'm curious how your, uh, how your experience or your relationship with, let's call it magic, has colored your, your understanding of meaning. Another grenade. Do you want to go first way? Um. No, you can go because I feel like I kind of answered that a little bit. But you can get. Yeah. It, it, well, it's given me meaning where I didn't have any, really. Like, um, uh, I, I've never really been comfortable in the material world. Um, that's a really silly sentence. Um. I've never been I've never felt comfortable with kind of like how we perceive um value and meaning in a very material sense, you know. Um I still did everything I was supposed to do, you know, uh, I went to uni, I've had a career, uh I've worked you know, I've I've worked all my life. Um but it always left me feeling empty, you know, and without meaning because you end up kind of living from paycheck to paycheck your aspirations are tied up in the acquisition of things you know be it wealth be it a home um uh doing what you're supposed to do since you were you were directed as a child you know um my spiritual uh, yeah my magical awakening has been going on for donkey's years really but hit kind of a supernova point um, um but what it's given me is an enchanted world you know a world full of meaning a world full of magic you know uh, a world that is alive in the absolute sense you know um and when i look at a landscape when i see beauty I see it in, in, in through through that kind of lens of enchantment. You know, I see something timeless. I'm aware of my place in it that I'm just the latest human being to be walking through this through tens of thousands of years, all the life there. Um, and it's yeah, it it's it's deeply deeply special to me. So it it was utterly transformative and and i'm hugely grateful for it you know but that's not to say that it was easy it wasn't 
you know you get put through the ringer you know like the, it is that whole thing of like a you're going to face some terrifying shit like <laughs> stuff turns up you know in a in a fashion that you will not expect it um and you will have some like viscerally terrifying experiences because your your concept of reality has to crack and that breaking that cracking generally requires something with the energy um and capability to punch through it you know to take you from a position where you know i i i i don't really believe in anything to well i think fairies are real you know that takes quite a lot that, yeah, that's, a, that's a serious shift in how you perceive reality in the world mm-hmm. you know um and that's going to take a lot of momentum a lot of energy and something seismic to to move you in, the, in that kind of ont- your ontological view of the world changes that significantly you know um that's our yeah. eye out turning yourself outside. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you say plucking your eye out? Like Od- yeah. Like Odin's eye. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But I, I I agree with it. it. I would say too that it gave me enchantment, right? Um, it had got to a place where I was very cynical about religion at all. Um, I would still say I was kind of witchy, but I was I was I was not happy with with the things I was seeing around me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even like some of the stuff coming out of the New Age community. It was very isolating. Um, but then when I kind of started this journey and began listening on my own and following my own threads, then then there was a whole lot more that opened up. And yeah, reality does shift and can't handle change. This isn't the game for you, right? Because you you have to be able to walk through this process, or you'll or you won't. You'll either run back to what's familiar and what you what yeah. doesn't scare you, or you turn and you face it and you just walk straight into it, right? And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I did. And it's interesting because long, I've been a spirit box patron forever, and there are did that interview with Elise and I found Elise through him. And then I've been in her magic and, and her tarot group, like, and my whole experience is expanded. And part of it's just through, just through following the threads I found there. And I've kept doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but in that process, I have found meaning where Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. Yeah. And there were truths that rang true that I had never experienced that had more meaning than what was even just kind of like, this is reality as we have constructed it in this world and this is what it is and these are the things you will experience. And when you find that that's not what's happening, you know, yeah. that's why mm-hmm. I say approach it with science method, you know, like if then mm-hmm. what happens now, you know, so becoming in tune with the land spirits and, you know, 
spending a year dedicating my my practice to them. Yeah. When the cat escapes and and the wild cat that I feed brings her home within 30 yeah. minutes, you know, part of me is like, yeah, the spirits and I are land spirits and I are good now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So now can I transition some of my energy into a new mode of of experiencing the sacred? So what am I going to do now, right? Yeah. Uh, I've gained that trust, but. You know, if I walk around telling everybody that I've gained the trust of the spirits of the land and they're my friends and I talk to the crows and the, and the hawks, you know, they're going to look at me like I'm absolutely yeah. bonkers. Right? So it's isolating in that sense too because you don't have a community to fall back on. You don't have a church yeah. of people who are like, yeah, I saw, I saw a fairy, you know, in the woods last night right mm -hmm. there isn't that and so um and in that solitary practice i think too there's kind of a strength and an understanding that we kind of come, come into because we're not oh he's gone i i i i think uh i yeah I think what ways described is is just bang on, you know, um, like that experience of, as you said, like talking to crows and thinking the world is alive, like in a real sense, yeah. you know, not just something you say metaphorically. You're like, no, I I think the stones and trees are conscious just in a different way to us but if you listen and if you've got the capability and they want to talk to you you will hear stuff you know um you know and, and i and i say that exactly in the same you know feeling uh, as way described that you're going like that sounds fucking nuts i'm so <laughs> sorry way my apologies um he can't um, hear you don't worry yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> um that that it sounds bonkers you know mm. but that's what you're experiencing that's what you're experiencing and it, it's hugely hard to quantify you know beyond that when you start to have that like kind of traditional witch experience more stuff happens you start to your consciousness will get absorbed into an animal you'd experience what it's like to be a bird, you know, or a fox or a wolf or a hare. Like in in a way that it's so visceral, it's it's it it's immensely hard to impart how real that experience is. You know, um but this is it this is the nature of this kind of calling this kind of and i do mean calling you know it, it is not for everyone to witchcraft like it, and i'm you know i'm parroting people who said that to me you know who who've kind of helped mentor me through this but it, it's it fundamentally changes your your outlook 
in in a way that's immensely hard to impart because it's quite an isolationary experience you know uh, um and it is visceral that the thing about this and we say kind of like nature is, al is alive and fundamentally i believe really what's happening when you're getting that transformation into uh, i mean it, it just depends where you are in the world right you know shaman witch whatever you know um it, it's it's hearing the land it's hearing the landscape it's hearing nature you're talking to the the consciousness of nature in its most magical form but nature that's not a twee thing you know that's not like oh let's frolic you know let's frolic in the pastures how wonderful nature is nature is violent nature feeds on itself it, it, it's it's brutal it's wonderful you know you think about what happens to an animal in its life how many how many documentaries have we all watched you know where you 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 see the kind of the the gazelle getting taken down by the the, the predatory big cat you know that's nature and that's what it manifests as you know when you're having that mystical experience it's all those things. It, it, it's the, the the fecundity of the passion and desire to to procreate. Then the instinct to to feed, to hunt. You know, all of these things are parts of nature, and they'll express themselves to you in a way that is is is, is extraordinary. You know, um, and it's it's beyond language in so many ways. You know, so that's kind of what it's, you know, what it's given to me. Um, but I, I would imagine a, like a Christian ecstatic is, 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 is similar in certain ways. You know, like somebody's having a profound experience. It's not, I mean, look, Aquinas. So wrote all these vast books describing, you know, a lot of chin stroking. What's the nature of God? You know all these different philosophical issues and uh, at the i mean i'm saying this from memory so you know i could be completely wrong but like at the end he was saying mass and he hears a voice saying thomas you've spoken well of me what do you wish he says only to be with you O lord right. and then he never writes another word never again nothing because there's no point there's no need everybody has to get there themselves you know um that's a beautiful thing oh look at that handed you the closer handed you the closer jason <laughs> all right yeah we can we can end it there if you want that is good that is a good note to end it on the, the beauty the, the re-enchantment of the world really mm. does beautify it um yeah i'm not sure we talked about beauty or answered any of those questions <laughs> <laughs> we had it with a grand chat anyway yeah it was good no, was I, think, really... I think it was a beautiful conversation regardless. yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely agree with you guys that was yeah it was really good it's a lot to cool. think about well thank you so much for doing this hopefully we can do it again soon too yeah cool right so i'm gonna have a oh do you want to um uh, plug anything too if you'd like your patreon or your your podcast as well 
Yeah. Uh, I'm terrible about this stuff. Oh, okay. Like, I uh, forgot I, last I, I, time yeah, and I just yeah. like ended it and I was like, oh, no. So, <laughs> like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the, 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 the worst marketeer in. <laughs> In You're the, in uh, advertising. What are you? I know. Yeah, I think I, think that, I find this so repugnant that I'm like, I do podcasts. Uh, who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> feel like I have a listen. He has a great podcast. I'm a patron. Very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Wade. Thank you. What way said? Yeah. <laughs> Spirit Box Podcast Patreon is a uh, yeah. and the Patreon website is linked to all that. Is yeah, I think it's it's, it's it's yeah, it's all there. I think uh, yeah. If you Google Spirit Box. You'll get a very famous band called Spirit Box. Okay. Uh, but I might be on page two. If you do Spirit Box podcast, you might find me. <laughs> can, can I ask you another question before we go to that? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is directly related to that. I heard that. What does that term actually mean? Because I know that's a term used for something. Spirit Box. Isn't Spirit it? Box. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a device. It's a kind of like a paranormal ghost hunter's device. To try and hear the voices. There's, there's a thing called like um, EVP, right? It's electronic okay. voice phenomenon, um, where people used to notice that if they hit record on an electric device in an area where there was a haunting, sometimes they'd hear these kind of mumbled words that get picked up on on uh, on on the electronic recording device. Okay. So, yeah. so this is a kind of extrapolation of that. I think I saw this on Hellier when I watched that show. Or something. I think that yeah, they use spirit boxes, or they use them. Uh, that's I, what I think. Okay. Camera was called that kind of the method where they they listen to a, a random radio. That's the one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a patron of them. So. Very good. Nice. <laughs> Great nice. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's where it came through because the whole okay. podcast was trying to understand. Yeah. Yeah, how spirits, folklore, and magic kind of interface. Yeah. I remember you. You, yeah, we're saying that you like hearing other people's strange stories and things like that. So, mm. yeah, we got a, I, I, I got a few yeah. weird ones around here. I need to get Luke, need to introduce you to Luke Johnson. I think he's got some weird ones too. He's got some strange oh, cool. experiences. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a really nice guy. He's he's a good. He's a fun guy. Yeah, it's a good one for time. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those people you meet him and then you're like, I feel like I grew up with you my whole life or something. That's the experience <laughs> I had. I was like, were we best friends growing up? What happened? Here? <laughs> but, yeah well anyways thank you guys again so much thanks for uh letting me take up so much of your time and no problem so, no problem super fun so yeah cool. well all i'll, right. I'll, I'll share this. The invite. all right i'll cool. end it.